Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Did you get them? Did anybody out there get them? Let me know. What am I talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Coldplay tickets. We've been watching it through the morning and people queuing and people just not happy with what has happened today. I saw somebody there I know. There were 160-something thousand in the queue. Good luck to you. People on for hours, then being kicked out. Totally unsatisfactory. But look, there has to be people out there got tickets. Did you get tickets? Let me know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me if you've been lucky for Coldplay tickets. Or if you're anything to say, have you been queuing for hours? Did you get none? How do you feel about this? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text lines are open now to get in touch with me. I'm joined with somebody, by somebody who knows all about Ticketmaster and tickets because for years and years Joe Tierney and Navin was the go-to for your tickets and he's on the line. Afternoon, Joe. Hi, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm keeping really well and I hope you are too. Well, Joe, look, you heard what I said there and you know you're hearing it all over the place. This new situation where it's done centrally and they have pre-sales and then they go on sale. People are totally frustrated, Joe. Was the old way better? Well, obviously, I'm I'm very biased in it. I thought so. Uh, it's not only was it financially great for us; it was such a buzz, and you physically saw people. You could see the measure of uh, the attraction of a band by how far down the street people were prepared to queue and how long they were prepared to queue. You could see it visibly. Mm. Whereas now it's done with a keyboard, and all you're getting is this frustration that everybody gets. You're quite right. You can go into the queue. You can be 160,000. You can be 10,000. I went myself looking for pre-sale tickets for George Ezra a few months ago, managed to grab them, and then Ticketmaster decided I was a bot and I had to drop them three times and they were gone. And that sort of frustration, at least when it was physical, we could print tickets knowing that uh, we could serve the first 30, 40, 50 people in a queue. And we would go out and say, look, they're still available we're still printing, we're now up to 35, 40 people, we can bear with it. And they were kept clear. And you'd, you would go out and say, unfortunately, you're number 52 in the in the queue. We only got tickets that we'll give to 48. But they could sense it, they could see it. Mm. Whereas sitting in front of a computer, going in, and, and I've heard many stories over the last few days of how many people were on different uh, forms of, of a device and... It didn't matter how many they were on. There wasn't. There wasn't a hope again. It's it's hugely frustrating. Frustrating. I suppose their argument is this is the future. This is the, the way forward, and this is the non 
uh, tout way that tickets cannot be transferred. But it does seem to me that the touting seems to be done from the organisations that Mm. are selling the tickets because Mm. the prices that are being charged on the official sites is just mind-boggling, staggering, you know. Yes, incredible. I don't think it's done anything to stop that profiteering on tickets and not selling them at face value. Is there a case to be made, I was talking here a little while ago about it, uh, for a combination of uh, ways of uh, distributing tickets, the way that it is today, but harking back to your time with the terminals, you were here in Navin. Of course, I remember Michael Moore at CD World and Draw had a golden disc in Dundalk. Carrick had a terminal. I'm not sure about Kells or Trim or whatever, but is there a way for splitting it, you know, that it's fairer? Um, I, I I doubt it. Um, I explored all avenues. When COVID came in, that hastened the, the demise of the, uh, the the ticket shops. But uh, in essence, I, I discovered later that this was on the cards from Ticketmaster to eventually go down this route. About two years before we, we, we finished selling them, there was a U2 concert uh, in the Tree Arena. And that was done purely as a demo on the phone only. You had to bring your phone and you had to bring the card that you had booked it with to, to, the, to the concert. That cut us out of selling them. And it was said that this was, this was the, the, uh, the test that there eventually was going to all go down this route. They also had um, a section of people in Ticketmaster dealing exclusively with the 42 stores there were across the country. And that's all there was. Uh, McMurray in, in Drogheda was one. We were the only ones in Mead. Uh, we had uh, uh, somebody in, in Cavan Town. And to a lot of those people, they were music shops. Their bread and butter was selling these tickets. Mm. We were fortunate that it was an add-on to the other things we did. Yes. And yes, we... We hugely missed the camaraderie of the people. I mean, from six o'clock in the evening, people used to queue there. And we, we, we felt we ran it very professionally. We always let people know roughly how many tickets it seemed to be in the system. The, the, the system works in such a way, Jerry, that when you went in and grabbed whatever you were allowed in the morning, six or eight, you immediately, once they printed, you immediately went back in to grab again. You had no idea how many were left. You had to keep grabbing. And eventually it would say, there's not eight. You can have uh, three and three. You can have six. You can have four. And now you know it's starting to come down a bit. And you're warning people outside, look, it's slowing down. We may not have. And all you could be was transparent and honest with them. And I would say we had a very high percentage of success. Lots of people used to come down even then and say, can't get through on the system, on the ID. Just came down on uh, the off chance we could get them with you. Have you any yet? We're still printing. So we had that, but I got the feeling this was like um, a hindrance to Ticketmaster to have these stores. Mm. And bear in mind, we were late to the party. We were only Ticketmaster for seven years. This gland in Navin was what most people remember down the years. And then it moved shortly over to Music Box. And it was only when Music Box uh, were closing down that we were successful in, in, in getting the agency. So we had seven, seven and a half years of, of great times. It really was great times because you, I always felt you were selling happiness to people. You are selling them mm. a, a ticket to an event in the future of which they so wanted to go to that they were prepared to queue maybe overnight and then they, they would take the bus with us to that concert as well. We still do the buses to concerts but it doesn't work hand in hand anymore. We're not the one you think of straight away because Ticketmaster is not there. Yeah. And every time an event goes for sale, whether it was Bruce Springsteen for earlier this year, Taylor Swift uh, shortly a while ago and now Coldplay 
um, the phone calls come in, the people come in. One guy came in last night and said, what time do you think I should queue it from this morning? <laughs> so it's nostalgia at every turn. And it is, it is unfortunate, but this non-transferable ticket that you get, which uh, you have to go through a process to transfer it to somebody else, is deemed to be eliminating the tout. Mm. But you have to wonder with the amount of frustration people have. You, you mentioned just at the start of, the, of, of this piece um, how many people got tickets. I'm not hearing it too many that have. Now, obviously, if you've got three nights at 80,000, 240, sorry, four nights, 320,000, that's, that's a, quite an audience. But yeah. when you have probably in excess uh, of probably in excess of a million inquiries, there's always going to be people left out. But it's the frustration of not seeing a, a visible, tangible piece in your hand. If you see somebody going with tickets and you're further down the queue, you can at least grasp how close you got to it. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting in front of a screen and you have three screens going and they all just crash out and you just think to yourself, this is a scam. It's it's the natural reaction you have. You're not seeing the guy beside you getting them. He may no. well be, but he's next door mm. in a different house, you know? Yeah, and so, the other um, thing is, Joe, you say 320,000 tickets. You bet your bottom dollar there are people all over the world in those queues as well who will make a, a, a trip to Dublin, you know, as part of a, a holiday and a break and incorporate Coldplay as well. So you're competing on, on that level too. I'm, I'm not hearing from anybody. And in here, lots of people in here and our friends and families have been in the queues and I haven't heard of anybody I know getting tickets today Well as I say I wasn't successful either as somebody said maybe one of the, the many people you helped down the years will assist you <laughs> but, uh, I, I think they look after themselves first but, and it, you know it, it's so true and, and there's another aspect to it Jerry. you mentioned all the people around the world could best look to them coming to Ireland I know. and paying the hotel yes. prices that are being you know we're fortunate we live 30 mile away if I ever go to a concert in Dublin I would plan to, to, to be back home that day. Yes. Even. But um, th- there is an element of make hay while the sun shines, but it's very close when it goes to price gouging. And hotels in Ireland, it's, it, that's a uh, subject for a different and evening. Another story but, altogether. But listen, yeah. come back to the queue and days and all that type of thing. You mentioned there'd be people there from six the previous evening. Which one, you know, you mentioned you two, you mentioned others. What was the biggest? What was the most demand in your seven years? If you were to say one or two that really were outstanding, that people queued the longest, no matter what the weather was, etc.? I, I think it, it, I think it was something like Westlife. It, you right. always needed to get the families involved. You yeah. needed to get the kids' enthusiasm and and, and couple that with with, with um, the adults supporting them. And it was almost like a rite of passage in that it wasn't enough that they got tickets for it. They really needed to know that they stayed up all night to do so. And our, our good friend Michael Gavigan next door in the central was very, very good and, and accommodating to any of those queues. He used to uh, give facilities at the keys for the toilets uh, over during the night. And I, I knew he used to be out with coffees as soon as um, they opened our coffee shop in the morning as well. So um, it, it, to a lot of people... They had a very pleasant time. God loved some of them. The nights, some of the nights, the Irish weather <laughs> downpours and the like. And it did put pressure on us. And we come in the following morning. Is the machine full of tickets? Are we ready to print? We go at nine o'clock and you just hope there isn't a jam. I remember, I don't remember which concert it was, but I do remember the machine just switching off on us. And I had to frantically phone Ticketmaster and get them to ring fence 
a number of tickets for us and then have to tell people to go away but we took their telephone number we rang them as soon as the tickets came back in it's nerve wracking to to the end but (laughs) thoroughly um, satisfying when you, you match people with with, uh, with deserving tickets or vice versa, you know. Yeah. Do you miss those days? You know, the pressure there was pressure as well, and I'm sure people got frustrated when they saw the last people in front of them getting tickets, and then you had to say, "No, we've no more." Yeah, we tried. To, we tried to um, alleviate the burden there by by letting them know long before that yeah. last person got them that we we were coming. Of course, we missed them. Mm. No, I I don't miss the pressure. I mean, when. When you hear they've just announced three nights at, at somebody and you think to yourself, gosh, that would have been a, a really exciting day. But there was also an awful lot of pressure with it. So you, you don't miss the pressure, but yes, you do miss... You, you, look, it's all people would speak about for a week beforehand. What time do you think I should be here tomorrow? What time uh, do you think you'll run out of tickets at? And the calls would come in. And it was we just managed it. Mm. You just became very professional at that aspect of your business for that duration because you wanted to give people the fairest chance they could. If you thought there was going to be um, um, a, a, a sellout on it, you restricted it from the very start. You told people what it was. The most difficult was when somebody came in and said, look, I want one sitting in a certain area on a certain... Not on the day of, of the go and say, you just get sitting or standing and that's all we have. We have time to, to, yeah. to look at where you want to sit. Come yeah. back afterwards, yes, we, we actually, one of the things we really enjoyed was if you wanted a ticket for the Gaiety or the, uh, the Olympia, we could actually say to you, look, if you go back two rows, the seats are 15 euro cheaper. And I've sat there and there's not a, you're not blocked it from the view and that's very good. And people would come back and say, listen, they were great seats. Thanks mm. a million. That's where you get the level of satisfaction in, in, yes. in the job, you know? So, we, yeah, we miss them. But, but, you know, Jerry, this is the future. It's not coming back. Um, it's, it's right that people would hark on, on about it. And I hope we were seen in a good light. But unfortunately, we've had to cut our cloth. Um, it's not coming back to us. And mm. you, you just, as I say, we, we, we run the buses now to, mm. we will have hopefully four nights of people going to uh, Coldplay next year and three nights of people going to Taylor Swift and whatever else there is for, for the summer. But, um, it's, we're not going no back, Joe. Yeah, we're not going back. And that's yeah. that's the sad part. But I hark back to those days, and I'm sure people listening to us today have great memories, and uh, it was fairer, I think. Listen, you're a star. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Not at all. Anytime, Jerry. Take, Take care. care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Bye. Joe Tierney uh, speaking to us from Navany. Had the Ticketmaster terminal there for seven years. I think it was better. I really do. Even listening to Joe there. Now the chances of getting the concert seem to be becoming more remote all the time not one of you got Coldplay tickets be the looks of thing anyone get the ticket Jamie Maguire is looking to trace her late dad's special special motorbike it was a Suzuki she's on the line hi Jamie hi how are you I'm really good Uh, thanks for joining us on late lunch today tell listeners who your dad was he was a well known man he was he was a fireman in in Dundalk for 40 years Um, his name was Jamie Maguire um, a lot of your listeners would know him. Um, in 1981, he bought a Suzuki motorbike. And that week, he booked a holiday to France with my mum. And they, I think they were away for about three weeks. And they came home. She came home pregnant with me. So, um, yeah, it, it was very special. Mm, there's a big, big personal uh, story a- around this. Did he buy it? Was it new when he bought it? 
It was new because I actually found, I wasn't too sure, but I found the brochure and he had some prices written down and some information. So I, I discovered he did buy it new. Um, I think for, um, he was he was between two, but he went with the 400 model. Yes. So it was the Suzuki, it was called a GSX 400E. Right. So a, a, a very specific model of Suzuki and the registration at the time was, oh God, I remember the ZY regs myself. PZY yeah. 531. That was PZY yeah. 531. Now, yes, correct. why are you looking to get it back at this stage? By the way, when did Jimmy pass away? My dad passed away in November 22. Um, okay. What happened was a friend of mine, my dad sold it to um, a gentleman from Dundalk and who is actually released to a good friend of mine. And my friend randomly sent me a photograph of the bike one day last year. Yeah. And I showed it to my dad and he was just absolutely blown away. He said, where did you get that, mm. first of all? And um, we chatted about it for, for a few hours and he just said, I wonder where it is. So he, he passed away a few weeks later, sadly, and um, that was, as I said, that was in November last year, and it was it was only my husband actually bought this up a few, about two and a half months ago, and he said, imagine finding the bike. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm 41 years of age now, and every year, there hasn't been a year that has gone by that he hasn't mentioned the bike and told me stories about the bike. Mm. So it was a very special one. Um, the fact they were married for 10 years with no children and they came home pregnant. So it, it, to be honest, it would be a dream come true yes. for me to find yes. it. Yes, oh, look at it. It's a really touching story. So he sold it to another guy in Dundalk. D- d- can you can you go beyond that where it's gone or, or have you any idea? And and is no. the re- will the will the same reg be still on at PZY five three one? Yeah, I that reg that you that I have sent you that that's on Facebook. That's the original place. So what yeah. happened was he sold it to a guy that I know of. Okay, and he his brother in law. I was in downtown the other day, and he said to me, "Be back in half an hour," and he arrived back with the original place. So what happened was the the gentleman that my dad sold the bike to, he he collects bikes and mm. he didn't like the red plate that my dad had because it, the the numbers and letters were stickers. Yeah. So he got a new plate made, and that was forty years, like that was thirty eight, thirty nine years ago. Yeah. This this man still had the red, the original red, in his garage. So um, my friend's father-in-law went down the other day and picked it up for me. So I have the original red red plate, mm. um, but he can't remember who he sold it to. I have had somebody look into it, and it was sold to somebody in Blanchardstown in '98, and it was active um, with the vehicle registration um, on on their system until November 22. All right. Okay. So until very recently, so somebody somebody had said to me the the, the reason it it may be um, not showing up since November would be now I don't know if this is correct or not, but this is this is their take on it that it it may have been one of the old cardboard log books, mm. and because it hadn't been taxed in so long. Um, it, it's just not active anymore. But it doesn't mean it, it hasn't come up that it's written off or anything. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so it's, it's out there. It's. Are you confident the bike is still around? It's still knocking around yeah. somewhere. Okay. It is. It, it is. They think maybe you know it, it's probably in some in the back of somebody's garage. Yeah. Um, like it was. They they only made that model. I'm told for maybe a year, two years max. There's not that many of them around. If you see the bike, you'd know it if you saw it. Um, it was just, it, to be honest with you, it was it was a Facebook page I put it on. I didn't think I'd hear anything back whatsoever. And um, so many people have shared it. So many yeah. people have contacted me. It's a small community. They all kind of know each other. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, Something, something, something comes up. Yeah, God, it would be fantastic, wouldn't it, to yeah, to come amazing. across it? I will give you hope because David Carey, a good friend of ours from Dunleer, yeah. when his yeah. dad passed away, he actually uh, located his father's first ever car, and now he has it in his possession. So I hope that gives you a little hope. This can happen, please, God, it will for yeah. you. So the reg yeah. again, just to say, it's the Dublin area, Blanchestown in particular, may ring a bell around that area. But who knows? And the reg, I'll read it again for everybody listening today. If you're listening to us, a Suzuki 400. It's a very special model. It's GSX 400E. And the reg, the reg is still the same. PZY531. That's PZY531. It's a lovely looking bike, may I say. It is. It is. It's very, very special. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the call. Thank you so much. No, not I at really all. It, I hope you, I hope you do trace me. it. I really do hope you trace it and that this might ring a bell with somebody and keep us in the loop as well if you hear anything, won't you? I will indeed. I will indeed. All right, I Jamie. Thanks for Thank joining you. me on the show. Take care of yourself. Thank you for having me. Not Take at care. all. You're bye very bye. welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Louise, have we the TV theme handy there? If you have, you might give it a, a whip up there and we'll give it a play before too for the listeners. I'm springing that on you. I know that there. Anyway, if you can help with the motorbike for Jamie, PZY531, a Suzuki 400, a very, very special model it is indeed, but it might just ring a bell with somebody. And as Jamie was saying there, the motorbike community are a tight community in Ireland. Maybe it just uh, raises something in somebody's mind listening to us today that, you know, it is... uh, It is out there somewhere. So, anyway, let's uh, do this now on Late Lunch. Great! I love TV! We watch TV? TV! Here we go! TV Themes. TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV! This is the Earth. Our planet. Our home. It sails serenely through the vast emptiness of space, through the silent nothingness between the stars. But how silent is it? Yes, do you remember that TV show, Children's Classic? Thank you for your comments to the show. We were talking to Joe Tierney at the very beginning of Late Lunch today about the Coldplay tickets and the the scramble for tickets, no matter who it is. Um, listener says, Tierney's had a great system. When the staff arrived in, they took everybody's phone number and told them to go and get a breakfast or a coffee and they'd have your tickets for you. You know, I feel that about it. The old system was giving us a chance to get tickets. There's another listener saying it's impossible to get tickets because people from 
from abroad are getting them ahead of us. I mentioned that. You know, 320,000 tickets for Coldplay going on sale today. There are people all over the world looking for them because they'll come to Dublin and they'll make a holiday out of it or whatever. Good luck to them, as Joe says, with the accommodation. That's for another day. But anyway, I hear what you're saying. Thanks indeed. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us on late lunch this afternoon. It's Book Club Friday and she's in studio with me today. Yes, Academy Books is where you got to go on Southside, Southgate Shopping Centre on the south side of Drada. Irene Gahan, welcome back. Happy Friday. It's yes, so it so is. Nice a, to be in studio. And it's great to have you here with us as well. And we have books now and Rick is coming a little later on with the wine show. Where else would you be on a Friday only with us here on Late Lunch? Anyway, let's begin with your book of the month. And John Boyne, a familiar name. I think he's published over 20 books at this stage, but most remembered for The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. Yeah. Is this a sequel? The book is called All the Broken Places. It's kind of a sequel. So um, the first one, The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, I just looked it up, 11 million copies sold worldwide. Mm. Um, and that's more for young adults, kind of. I think it's the kind of thing they do in sixth class and first year. So All the Broken Places is kind of a sequel to it, um, but it's more an adult style sequel. It's done like, a, you know, an adult version. Now, I know some teenagers have read it because they love the first one, but this is more an adult kind of novel, if that mm. makes sense. So mm. it's very much... Um, uh, in the sense that it's, it's kind of a flip. So it, it alternates between Gretel, um, who has moved to London. She escapes from Nazi Germany when she's 12 with her mum. And she is the... Daughter. Of the boy who was in the... The, the guy who was in the striped pyjamas. Yeah, so she's the daughter of the guy who was running the Who camp, was running the running camp. The camp. I beg your pardon. Yes. yes, yes. So obviously there's a whole history there and she's in London now and she's 91 and she lives a very, very quiet life. But as with all things, everything comes back. Mm. So a family moves in downstairs and she's kind of seeing all these memories, all these flashbacks, all these things. And I suppose John Boyne writes a lovely um, sort of pr- a premise to it and a kind of author notes on it. And he says it's really a novel about guilt and grief and about her looking back on it mm. um, and what's happened. And, her, you know, when you're 12 year old, you, you see the lo- you see the world viewed through a certain lens. But now that she's looking back, she's looking at it through an under, under different lens with all the things that we've known since then, if that mm. makes sense. Yes. So it's a, it is really, I think in a way it's probably, it's probably been cathartic for him to kind of do a wrap up of do kind of like a, mm. a, a what has happened, what happened later, if that makes sense. Yes. And I know there's been controversy about the book. There's, I mean, there was controversy about the first book and, uh, you know, can somebody who's, you know, who wasn't there write a book? It's, it's fiction. We had this conversation yes. before. And he ran um, into bother with uh, oh, a lot of people. He ran into bother. And I checked the reviews. I had to look. I mean, he has something like 30,000 reviews on Goodreads for it. And it's 4.51. And do you know what? I, I take everything like that with a pinch of salt. I, I really just judge the work on the work and yeah. judge the book on the book, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Obviously, you can't separate it from all the things that we know now. Yes. But from a book club point of view, it's just out in paperback. So the large version came out last year and the, you know, they were expensive. The large pay, trade paperbacks are 16, 17, 18 euro. Yeah. So this is the one that's much more reasonable. It's a smaller size. It's okay. 12 euro. Okay. So this had been out, as you yeah. say, in a big copy and hardback, but now it's for the masses at yeah. this stage. 
you mentioned there, you know, atonement, uh, whether violence can ever justify the prevention of something even worse, themes like that. And, and her looking back as the daughter of the man who ran the camp, you yeah. know, and all those horrors. Yeah, I think it's it's very much about, I think it's kind of like redemption, I suppose, sins of the father or sins of the family. Mm. She's got her own guilt, you know, on top of that, the you know, the whole shared yes. shared guilt that goes with that. And it's funny when I when I when I work in Europe, I've been working. I worked in Europe quite a bit. It's funny that you, that is still there because obviously they are their grandparents, people who would be say my age um, or younger, their grandparents that were still around and. It's not for for them. It's not history for them. They're still living certain parts yeah. of it. Mm. So we might see it in a slightly removed way, but it's still practical. It's still mm. you know, it's still reality. For and a lot it of comes people. back to haunt her because she yeah. she it, it goes into a relationship, enters a relationship yeah. with a man from a Jewish background, and when he finds out, that's all over. He's gone. He's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Completely. Yeah. So her life, you know, continues to our past life continues to, to impact on her yes. on her current life. Yes. Yeah, and and yes. it, it alternates between Germany and and. London and back, you know, past and present, kind of mm. colliding for all intents purposes. Um, but it is, it, 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 I mean, John Boyne's an incredible writer, and I just, I so enjoy writing, reading his work. And I was never really a John Boyne um, aficionado, shall we say, because he's written so many. I mean, it's fourteen novels under his mm. belt, and he's the same age as me. I'm like, oh my gosh, um, and he's so generous with his time, and he's such a nice guy, and he does all these festivals around Ireland. He's incredibly mm. generous to writers, and. It's just so, his writing is so incredible and it's so historic. Not necessarily exactly um, accurate, but, yeah. it's, but it's fiction. He writes fiction. And He's not writing a history that, book. That's <laughs> where the uh, the, the, the uh, mood point is and the conflict is. That, yeah. the, you know, people who say this is not fact, this is, but he says it's fiction. You know, Absolutely. He is writing yeah. and, and he's drawing from history. Uh, funny enough, when, when you told me this was your book in the mod, book of the month, I had a look at this. And it really splits. For example, the Guardian book reviewer loves it. Yes. The Irish Times, no, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't rate it at all. You love it. I really love it. And I wasn't, I didn't read all of his previous stuff, but I love it. I really loved it. And I think it it rounded off the boy in the striped pyjamas. Mm. Anyone who was a child when they read it, when it came out, this is kind of like... And, you know, kind of a finishing of, if that makes yes, sense. Yes. I loved it. And to be honest, I loved the echo chamber mm, as well. Mm. I know, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but there you go. This is the book of the month. Yeah. Highly recommended by uh, Irene Gahan this afternoon. It's called All the Broken Places. And it is by John Boyne. And I agree with you. It does complete the circle. I yes. think that's really what it does. And for him, that's what he wanted to do I as well. I think that's well. what he wanted to do And as he's well, achieved yeah. that with this book. But you look at look at the other ones that came out in the meantime. There's been several books. Yes. Huge bestsellers, uh, you know, around Auschwitz and all that happened in there as well. You Absolutely. Know? So, anyway, it's uh, Irene book of the month highly recommended and when this woman recommends it I can assure you you'll enjoy the book when you get it now let's move on to your second choice today Colin Walsh a debut uh, novel for this guy but listen this flick and write he's been short story writing for a while and many accolades for short stories yes absolutely I mean this is kind of a debut novel but he is a perfect writer and Mm. he's an incredible writer he's got lots of um, credits to his name but this is kind of his first Novel, yes. novel. Um, and it's lovely. It's, it's called Kala, K-A-L-A, Kala by Colin Walsh. Why is it lovely? It's, it's actually based here in Ireland. Yeah, it's based on a fictitious sort of uh, place called Kinloch. Mm. And it's set, the, the part of it again, it's, it switches between 2005 and then 20, sorry, 2019, 2020. And it flicks between the two. So 
it's set in a time when, you know, things were a little bit more innocent, a little bit more, you know, your summers were spent in the country outside, having adventures in the countryside, doing crazy things. Um, and it was just a different time. Mm. So it's set about a group of friends. In so 2003, in 2000, 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah. So it's set with six friends and what happens that summer, Yes, basically. And roll on the clock to today and coming back together. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so Kala, they found a body. So this girl went missing. She goes back missing. Back in 2003. Yes, yeah. This They were all there and this young person, yeah. she was the heart and soul of the party, yeah. this young one, but she went missing. Never found her body. Never found But they're all back together in Kinlock. Well, not yeah. all of them, most of them. Yeah. And a body's found. So a body's found and then the whole story goes from there as to all their lives, how they all broke out and how it affected them and how they all went off and had their own lives and then obviously the, the finding of the body draws everybody well not everybody we find out back in to Kinlock and it's kind of everyone's different memories of what happens and things that have gone, gone went on and all the different impacts and I suppose I love the way Irish writers borrow from things that happen um, you know obviously real and we've had this conversation before about how you know people writers you know b- pick something that's happened in a reality and then just kind of pull it into a fictional world mm. and it's just written really nicely it's really well written it's it, it's a really you know it's one of those books that you can see being championed you know that kind of mm. way it's 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 lovely writing the characters are all really now one of the characters and we're not going to give too much away we learn very quickly one of the characters has died or is is not there um, and it kind of all weaves into each other and all that kind of things that go with all the weaving and the stories yes. and the history and 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 the three main characters Helen, Joan and, and Mush one has become a rock star <laughs> uh, the the other is away from home and doing really well in her life as well and Mush I think has stayed in Kinlock and he's in his mammy's calf or <laughs> restaurant there so they're, they're all yeah. you know they've all gone their own ways but in the 20 the years the little thing though that's happened is two more girls have gone missing yes and that's what draws you in yeah yeah, and that is the thing so it's just not Kala who, whose remains are found there is another plot r- running through uh, this book as well the ending melodrama yeah, I'm a big fan of not saying. No, don't say. But I'm a big it's fan melodramatic, of melodramatic, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a big fan of not giving too much away. But I think it's you know there's a lot of books that you read and you just go, hmm, the ending. Would I've read it this way? Would I've written it this way? And I think it just was perfect. It was mm. a good ending. Okay, so you you enjoyed yeah. the ending. Yeah. So for his first go, his first work. Absolutely excellent. Highly recommended. Kala by Colin Walsh is Irene's second choice uh, today. And you have one more for for us. And I can tell you, this woman (laughs) is waxing lyrical about this book. It's called The Title I Love Alone, Kill For Me, Kill For You by the wonderful Steve Kavanagh. Is it that good? Do you know what? There's very few authors that bring out books that I go, I don't even want to read the blurb. I just know if I get a Steve Kavanagh, I'm in for a really, really good mm. read. I'm in for twists. I'm in for turns. I'm in for going down one road, thinking it's going one way and then getting a twist. And it's, oh, and I, I you know, it, it, he just has brought out so many books um, in the last. And I, and I just won't even bother. I just automatically reread it. OK, There's so no, you're a fan of his number one. But I was never, I, I only was a fan of his in the last three or four years. Okay. And when I, bought, when I read one, I was like, OK, I have to read the rest, you know. 
so that'll tell you. <laughs> so this one, like when you see people saying about it, uh, the twists, as you said there, you mentioned the twists, hit you between the eyes. You don't oh, yeah. see them coming. <laughs> Unput downable. Is that right? Yes. Really? Yeah, I really, really. can't give a higher recommendation. So, New York I, City. Yeah. So it's based in New York. And it's funny, again, you know, you're trans, even though you're sitting in Ireland or you're sitting in Northern Ireland in, in Steve's case, and you're transported into New York. And you're transported into situations where in some ways in the back of your head you go oh I wonder what I would do what would I do what would I not do Um, and we're basically it's kind of like a strangers on the train vibe yeah so we basically have Amanda and Wendy and tragic things have happened to both of them and they serendipitously meet up okay and they both reveal their stories that they've suffered severe loss and grief and but the authorities know but don't know who's done it Yes. And they kind of make an arrangement and I think the title kind of gives that idea away. Okay. But you're brought you're drawn into their grief and their sorrow and their loss. Mm. And, and knowing that the authority knowing that the police know pretty much are convinced but they don't have any evidence to to arrest or to do anything about it and they kind of go off on their own merry way. It's very um I suppose it would make you question killing bad people mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah there's a real moral, moral oh, a dilemma very in this moral book dile- a lot of his books are like that yeah though. because these women have been really their yeah. lives have been destroyed torn apart yeah, by what has destroyed. happened and if you put yourself in their shoes yeah. Couldn't you? How would you not feel? Yeah. You know that feeling of revenge or trying yeah. to, you know, without giving too much again yeah, away ab- about the book. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have empathy for them. You'd have. And to you're have rooting for them. Yes. And, and that's the thing. You're absolutely rooting for them. But all of his books are so well plotted, and that I love the bit that how he weaves them all in together. He weaves all the characters in, and this is a standalone. It's not part of his Eddie yes. Flynn series. Mm. Um. So, like, you can read all of his books standalone, but um, this is not part of the the Eddie Flynn uh, lawyer series he has. But he weaves the characters in and the twists. I mean, I can just imagine him with with a massive big merger board and all the plots out on the mm. wall and the lines going here and there, like a bit like a mad boy, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, a mad scientist. But they're just so intricate, mm. and then the twists keep coming. So I just think it's, um, you know, it's a great story. Morally, you have to go, would I, wouldn't I? I'm sympathetic. Will I still be sympathetic at the end? Yes. You have to wait and see. What a brilliant uh, way to describe how you'll feel when you read this book. It's called Kill For Me, Kill For You by Steve Kavanagh. Comes with a five star review from <laughs> Irene Gahan from Academy Books. Just before we finish, you brought me in the most beautiful selection of postcards. And I've been talking about this, as you know, from time know. to time on the show. And the lack of postcards for a local area. These are all local scenes here in, say, East Mead, South Loud, of that. By who? It's by Breathe O'Neill. She's a photographer from um, Laytown. And yes. her work is amazing. And amazing. I saw it online. And we decided between the two of us to basically release the postcards. And the bookmarks are coming. And the cards are coming and the Christmas cards are coming lovely so and they're absolutely beautiful oh they're stunning Irene just presented me with a a set of them here you know if you were looking to send images beautiful images from this neck of the woods to anybody at any stage these are well worth checking out you have them in Academy Books we have them in Academy Books absolutely beautiful uh, school book season as well it's just kicked off she tells me yesterday it's it's going to go balloobas over the next while don't forget Irene in Academy Books either you're so good to us thank you for dropping in brilliant recommendations 
Until the next time. I'm delighted. Thank you, Irene. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. We like to think we're always on the ball on late lunch. And you do know the GRA are not happy with the boss. Oh, no, they're not. They've proposed a vote of no confidence in him. So, look, let's see what's happening in one of our garter stations. They're on top of their heads. Hello, dear, and welcome to Crime Busters. Hello, now, and welcome to Crime Busters. Now, we have a lot on the agenda, lads, so we'll cut the chase and get straight down to the business. Uh, what's first on the agenda there, PJ? First on the agenda there, Tom, is a robbery. A robbery. Tom. A robbery. Now, we had a robbery, lads, only last week down the village. It was last Friday night. Uh, they came in through a side window at the house, approximately 3am. They proceeded to clean out the kitchen, the sitting room, and leave via the front door. Now, can you tell me what's wrong with that? The window was fucking wide open, lads. Just you can't do that. You can't go to bed and leave a window open or door open. We're blue in the face and tell you that when you lock up before you go to bed. That's right. You're only wasting our time and your time. And you come down to us then crying, Oh, spilt milk. Oh, spilt milk then, yeah. Where is it? Where, 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 where can I get my stuff back? Where have they got? So how are we supposed to know? You just can't be doing that. You can't walk away and leave a house open and expect nothing to be done. You might as well open the front door and let him in. You might as well meet here for Exactly, good man. No, no. So you got, you've been told enough, lads. Now you've got two wallets. Let that be it. We say no more. Now, what else is on the agenda? There, Next on the agenda, dear note, Tom, is um, the county final on Sunday. Now, we have a county final championship match coming up next Sunday, lads. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We won't have a repeat of what happened last year. That's right. There was blatant abandonment of cars last year on the side of the road. That's right. He just pulled up there, left the car where you liked it, and went after the match. Jeez, you can't do that, let You can't be doing that. You can't just pull in there and leave a car where you like it. Huh? Because there was people blocked into their houses there for hours. Barricaded. Barricaded him. Good men, Peter. They were barricaded. Barricaded him. And if a child had to go to the hospital. At, at, at the brigade. At the brigade had to be called. There was a fire or something. Yes, yeah. we were lucky to come away with lives on scale. You just can't. You can't leave a care there and go away. You can't be doing You can't. And I'll tell you, the book will come out this year, lads. Oh, but yes, and, 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 and I'll do it. Good men, PJ. PJ will be down there Sunday. He'll do it. Oh, yes, he'll do it. Yeah, PJ will sign him. I'll sign There's him. Because no you can't do that. It's in the book. It's black and white. It's in the book. Yeah. The book. The book. Yeah. So now, you got your warning, lads, let that be it. OK, moving on now. What have we now, PJ? Uh, next coming up now, Tom, is, of course, items, items uh, handed in. Handed handed in. The yeah. Now, the next uh, portion of the programme will be items handed in. Uh, over. pick it up there, please, PJ. Good man, you Come in, Charlie Delta, they are over. Lads, one of you ordered the pudding box. Is that right? It's over. I'll try the pudding box. Yeah. PJ ordered the pudding box there, Charlie, over. It's Anthony Delta, that order, over. Yeah, I gave him that half an hour ago. Yeah, uh, Charlie, there was a snack box with that and chips over. I'll be delayed 15 minutes because of the fight after starting and the chipper over. Listen, Colin, who's down there? Tommy, isn't it? Tommy's down in care two. Tommy's down there in care number two. Will you give it to Tommy and ask him to drop it back up to the barracks straight away? Over. Who's got out to an accident? Over. I just begun cold. Yeah, begun. Listen, they were ordered over an hour ago. Send them back here with the chips straight away and he can go on out to the accident then. Over. Over. And listen, if you see Mary, will you send her back here as well? She's wandering around down the town there somewhere. Over. We had two pairs of, or two boxes of Italian sports runners handed in here to the barracks. Uh, fit in this description. We have a pair of them here. I have here. Put them up there, please. Good look at them there, A blue and white pair. We also have a green and white pair, a box of either. Are the green and white ones are nice? They are much more comfortable. 
I had them for the last week, now I had to put them back. But I cut the talk. Jesus, I put them back. More room So they're down here in the barracks, then you get a good look at them there. They're down here in the barracks, you can come down and click them any time you want to. Also, we had a sum of money found there out on the mill road. Uh, which was handed into the barracks here approximately how much PJ? I'll tell you how much now Thomas handed in there there was um, 20, 40, 60, 80 and I took a fiver out of it for milk and cigarettes yeah, well, how much? 80, 85 pounds there about approximately 85 pounds is down here in the barracks to be yeah. collected yeah well if you want it let's come down like you know what I mean if you want it but you'll have to bring identification like which if you want to get it yeah. back like you know what I mean good man PJ that's all from us here in Crime Busters. Uh, also, just to let you know and remind you that tis ye that help us solve the crimes and the mysteries here. So keep the phones up and keep the doors locked and keep the windows shut at all times. Thank you and good night. Good night. If you're a regular listener with us on Late Lunch, you'll know when Rick arrives now on the final Friday of the month, he's comparing a grape uh, that's grown in the northern and southern hemisphere and the wines that are produced from them. And today we're talking about Malbec. Welcome back, Rick. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me again. In my mind, Argentina, Malbec. Yes, this grape originated in the northern hemisphere, France. It did. Uh, and, and specifically in the Cahors area, sort of southwest uh, France there. But yeah, it, it just found a new home in Argentina. In fact, it goes way back to 1868 when the first vines went there. But it's just in latter years, obviously with advances in technology and the knowledge. And uh, something we tend to forget about is what we call the flying winemakers. And that is because you have north and south and the harvest at uh, uh, different seasons, they can literally fly from the northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere. Yes. So they got a job all year round. But of course, great, great knowledge and experience mm. they bring with them, mm. which is fantastic. Yeah, that's what we have today. And 75% now grown in Argentina. It's dominant now when it comes to growing there Malbec. you go, Jerry. That yeah, speaks volumes. Yeah, it uh, does. It, it. it says it all. So yeah. let's begin in the Northern he- Hemisphere and Cahors, where you mentioned, in the southwest of France. Your first wine today is what? Yeah, it's the Monastia, uh, Malbec, and it's uh, all the wines today, Jerry, except for the last one, is 2022. Okay. So very fresh. Mm. Um, and. Um, Everybody's got their own idea as to what year you should drink it. Um, I sort of think around the four or five year mark um, is, is, for is Malbec. good for, for Malbec. Yeah. And I'm hoping we've got we've got the proof here with us today, <laughs> yes, Jerry. That's I coming up so. in a little while. Yeah, and I yeah. hope you have uh, as well. But this yeah. is fresh Malbec. It's all the wines today. Dunn stores as well who have a great selection. Uh, 2022, €8. Euro. €8, euro, yeah. Yeah, very competitive price-wise, Very competitive, absolutely, It really is. Um, What about the winemaker? Lots of experience with this guy, uh, 30 years plus. Yeah, Eliane Grion, and uh, from the Salia uh, Jean d'Albert group, you know, um, and and it's it's a collection of cooperatives and and areas that they have arrangements with, so they collect it from quite a big area, and in total, about 7,000 hectares that they can pick and right. choose from. So it's a co-op that they, that they, they work through. Now, tell us about the grapes. There's a particular way this grape is processed. Yeah, and, you know, the the, the thing with Malbec is, um, as a grape itself, it's, it's very weak, Jerry, mm. for weather and pests and diseases. So, you know, um, this particular way they made this wine, and it's very important, this was done in steel tanks. 
But the first thing they did is destem it. And what that means, they take the stalks out of it. So straight away, what you're left with is just the grape itself into a steel tank. So what you can expect is the real flavor of the grape coming through. So there's no uh, wood in this at all no. where it takes flavor from the barrels or anything like exactly, that. Exactly. That's the significant Jay. thing. That is very important for the difference. Okay. Very well spotted. And they, they macerate it in a certain way, do they as well? Yeah, they do. They macerate is just when, when they're literally making the wine. And what they do is uh, they have a system whereby they literally push the husk remember the color comes from the you skin. know from the skin yeah and the french have a lovely name pigeon so they call it that's you a know. new word on me yeah yeah and that literally means dunking it yes they take okay. a big and literally and push the, it down down into yeah the... and and that's a very soft way of extracting the flavors from the skins and 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 all the characteristics that go with okay it. let's have a wee yeah. taste you have it there i'll have a little yeah. sip on the lips and see what this one is about 2022 um, Malbec, eight euro done stores. Mm, ah, there's certainly plums in that, isn't oh, there? Definitely. Even the colour, yeah, Jerry, yeah, yeah. will tell you you're heading towards that. It's got that uh, light, sort of medium purple colour on it. I like it. Yeah. I find it very light. Yeah, it is. Jerry. It yeah, is. That. It is light. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. But and, you could drink that on its own. Oh, absolutely. Or match it with what? Yeah, I think, you know. I'll go blue cheese first, Jerry. Have to start there. And then we'll get on to the red meat or grilled vegetables. Yeah, so know. it would match lovely with those. It would. But it's too, young, Jerry. it's fresh, it's light. You can say yeah. all that about it. Yeah, and I think, again, you know, when I see de-stemmed and I see steel tanks, it for me, it's the winemaker wants this to be enjoyed young. You're not going to keep this. So Jerry. don't keep this. This is no, not for no, keeping. I don't think that so, That four Jerry. or five year thing, no. Uh, no, Drink I it doubt young. it. I doubt it, Jerry. Okay, Monastier Malbec 2022, eight euro done stores. It is really, really nice. Let's mm. flip to the Southern Hemisphere and Argentina. What have you picked for the comparison? Yeah, I've got a, a Ben Marco from uh, Mendoza province, also 22 uh, on it. And um, now this one, uh, Jerry, straight away, I'll just pass it on to you and just from the so colour let me, let me do something first we'll do this yeah. a little bit in reverse so i've taken a little sip of water yeah. and i'm only taking a sip of it here so let me just now i'm not getting plums in that one what am i picking no. up there no no to me the the first thing i picked up i thought there was a bit of earthiness in it something earthy in the back it's there. way deeper than the oh, other one look deep. at them in the glasses way, there it's nearly black deeper. and even if you look if you swirl it around you can see the legs running on on the side of the glass there you know oh my god you wouldn't isn't that amazing the difference it is, it is between a malbec from france and a malbec from argentina completely good god completely. that really hits you on the palate doesn't yeah. it Oh, no, yeah. it does. Oh, no, it there's certainly a lot does. more strength in that one. Uh, that you need remember. a bit of food with this, wouldn't you? Oh, For you sure. would, Jerry. You would. Not on you its own. Def- no. So again, no, the match no, there, no. Rick, is what? Yeah, again, you know, I, I would have, you know, beef burgers. Mm? I would go for it. I think that'll stand up to a bit of spicy dishes. Yeah. Jerry, that, that, oh, I, I, that I think earthiness, so. you know, uh, like a tomato-based uh, mm. food or, you know. Lovely with anything a, like that. Yeah. It is Argentina, mm. Ben Marco Plata, 
Ben Marco Plata, P-L-A-T-R, is on the label. The Malbec Grape 2022, 12.96. This one from Dunn yes. Stores. Yes. I want to take a short break. We'll come back in a moment and talk about the, the maker of this. And we have yeah. two more to taste today. One, a Malbec that's a few years uh, being kept safely and we're going to taste it today. Stay with yeah. us in late lunch. It's the Malbec Grape in focus today with Rick Cronje. Just before we moved on, because we normally compare two, but you brought two more today and for a very special reason. This lady, Susanna Balbo, uh, yes. who produced this Argentinian Malbec we've just been talking about, she's an incredible woman. Unbelievable, Jerry. Unbelievable. She was uh, in uh, 80, 81, I think it was, she qualified as an oenologist, the first ever female in Argentina. A new word again in me today, an oenologist, an expert yeah. in wine. Yeah, it's basically uh, the, biology. the biology. She's a scientist yeah. because there yes. is uh, science in it, mm. you know. Mm. So, so they look after all the chemical part of it. Yes. And when I say chemical, I mean I mean natural chemicals yes. in it. Yes. You know? So, uh, enologist. That yeah, that's her. And um, in '99, and she found it very hard in the early '80s to find a job. You know, because it was so male orientated, mm, mm. but she did, and she did exceptionally well, and she got very well known over the years. And then, '99, she uh, decided to go back to Mendoza, her, uh, her home uh, yes. province. And she started her own winery, mm. and she did very well. And and uh, she did run into financial difficulties, but she got up and went again. And today she's got you know twenty eight hectares plus agreement with numerous growers, and she's absolutely flying. And they run four labels now, and she's yes. won countless awards. And oh. not only for wine. But as a business person. Yeah, well yeah. done to her, and it's a name to reckon with, <clears throat> Susanna Balbo. Now, you've brought another two Malbecs today, one yes. I've never heard of before, a white Malbec. But let's talk about the Catena Malbec 2019, done stores again. In 2021, you and I talked about this wine remotely. You tasted, I haven't at all, but this is underpinning your theory. 2019, this wine is, we're in 2023 yes. today, four-year-old four Malbec. Yeah. Let's yeah. Have, a, have a wee taste of this one. Of the, You're going to open it first. Have you, oh, you haven't even got it open. No, no. Oh. I, 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 I didn't want to sound as though I'm cheating, uh, Jerry. Oh, Rick, so, Rick. So we... Um, oh, I oh, love this gadget. Yeah, this was given Oh, Louise, I've just found another gadget from my kitchen. You know me, the gadget guy. I have... <laughs> Rick, that's amazing. You just put that thing on top of the bottle there and I just took the cork, cork up as easy. Up. I'm getting yeah. that gadget. Yeah. I am getting that gadget. I'll sell the bread maker, <laughs> but I'm getting the gadget for opening the wine. Here we go. Let's little. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. I won't tell you what she said to me. I'll, all right. All right. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll wait a while, Louise. Now, let me taste this. This is 2019 container Malbec. Yeah. And here's the, here's the twist on this. When you spoke to me about this in 2021, it was €17.50. Yes. It's €15.40 today. In dance. It's in dance, yeah. Done stores, better value beats mm. them all, as they say. Anyway, yeah. here we go. Now, Rick, now you're talking. Wow. Can you feel the strength oh, in it, Terry? Can I what? Hell, I'm lifting yeah. out of the seat here. Yeah. That is... Magnificent. That's Malbec to me. That is Malbec. Yeah. Quite right. Uh, I'm that not disparaging is... any of the wines before, but no. I'm just saying to you, the four years, Yeah, that wine. Yeah. yeah. And isn't it fantastic that, you know, it's always when we talk and say, well, give it two or three years. Now we can actually go back 
and say, well, here it is. You've proved it. Yeah. You've yeah. proved it today. You've proved it to us. You, you've shown us there. And yeah. you would know because you tasted it before. I'm yes. tasting it for the first time. I know that's a superb Malbec. Yeah. It really, really is. Again, you could sip it on your own. It'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, with red meats, oh, your cheese, your blue cheese, anything like that. Barbecue. Yeah. Have to be barbecued, and we will get the yeah. winner. Okay, quickly before we finish up, you've brought us a white Malbec today, yes, a Trevento okay. white Malbec. It's eight yeah. euro eighty in Duns. I don't know what to say about this. I, I, it's new on me. Yeah, it's. Um, how do they? I, pre- they don't. How do they come out with a white? Well, this is it, Jerry. It's. <clears throat> excuse me. It's produced in exactly the same way, except. No skin contact. None. None. Just the juice pressed the from juice. the grapes. And straight away, you'll say, see the difference. Well, For me, it just didn't... It's it, so it's so light on the nose, let uh, me say, yeah, number one. It's, it's a real pale wine. Um, it's as clear as water. Not for me. No. Absolutely not. Nah, that's no. all I'll say. And for the listeners, no. I think Malbec, it has to be the Reds, it hasn't has it? I, 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 look at everyone to their own and people yeah, have their own individual. And I'm sure there are people who love this as well. Yeah. I don't want to disparage it in any way. But no. Ah, the star today, Katena Malbec 2019, back in Don's stores, which was a surprise to you to see it. I couldn't believe it, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, people wouldn't lotto. Well, we won this one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is available in Dun. Would you say it's across the Dun store shops everywhere? Yeah, yeah. As, as far as I know, Jerry. Now I know some smaller branches might not have it because obviously they very geared towards sales. Yes, um, but certainly this in Dundalk that was found okay. in the marshes. Perfect. So uh, perfect. Yeah. So check out your Dun stores for Catania Malbec 2019, 15 euro forty. A fantastic wine, four year old and ready for quaffing just now. Rick, fantastic today. You've taught us so much, as you always do. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for dropping in. And we can't wait already till we see you in uh, the month of August. Brilliant. Malbec today we're concentrating on. Check out the wines. We'll have them up on our website. And again to say, drink responsibly. Plenty of water with the wine. Take your time. It's there to be enjoyed, not abused. Rick, until next time. Thanks a million. Thank you. Let's reprise our TV theme. This is the Earth, our planet, our home. It sails serenely through the vast emptiness of space, through the silent nothingness between the stars. But how silent is it? The clangers, the clangers, the clangers. We absolutely loved them when we were children. And I was saying to Louise, when my mammy used to be giving out to me, I'd start talking like a clanger in response and it'd drive her mad altogether. Anyway, the clangers it was we were looking for. Alan Curran, well done to you. Euro winner today. Expect a little package in the post next week. Now, it's time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two... Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The big number one from this very week in 1996. And it was a debut single by the Spice Girls, taken from their debut album, just called Spice. It uh, came in at number three in the UK singles chart. And the following week, 
it climbed to where it is this very week back in 1996 the number one spot and how many weeks was the top of the charts seven successive weeks it's a biggie here it is our number one from this week in 1996 it's the Spice Girls and Wannabe Big number one from this very week in 1996, the Spice Girls with Wannabe, concluding our countdown for this week, almost the final week in July on late lunch. And we'll bring you another top five countdown next week, please, God. Anyway, just reminding you, LMFM's Pride Vibes is back for the summer of 23. Let's hope the summer comes back soon. It's our online radio station playing the biggest hits and shining a light on Irish life with conversations around the issues that matter. Join us as we count down to parades and celebrations across the country stream it on the LMFM website or app and join communities uh, join the community's biggest stars at pridevibes.ie Pride Vibes proudly supported by Maldron Hotels escape your way at maldronhotels.com listen live now on LMFM that's uh, Pride Vibes back for the summer of 2023 and back to talk about sport with us in about three minutes time is our man David Sheehan as we do each Friday at this time on late lunch we're going to talk sport and standing by is presenter of Sunday Sport David Sheehan hi David Hiya, Jerry. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Well, League of Ireland first. Uh, Dundalk not in action this weekend after their uh, travails in Europe last night. But this evening, uh, Drogheda United at home again to Sligo Rovers, who they beat in the Cup a week ago, and you predicted they'd win. Yeah, well, I, I thought they were in good enough form to win at the, at the time, and Sligo have been struggling a lot recently. They've been very up and down um, in their form. Draw to beat them earlier in the season as well at, at Weavers Park. So the cup game last week uh, went as kind of as I expected it would really in terms of Sligo did go ahead before half time, but it was completely against the run of play. Draw to gave away a sort of a softish penalty, really. Gary Deegan just got the wrong side and brought down Rado Sablievich and Max Matta stuck it away. But I kind of felt for Max Matta a little bit, like eleven goals in the league this season. He's been He's been outstanding for them. He got no service at all from from his midfield. They, they weren't getting anything in down the wide areas, Sligo. So they were very much second best. And John Russell, which is kind of unusual for opposition managers after a game, he, he made no qualms about the result at all. He said, we were second best. We didn't deserve to get anything from the game. We were lucky to go in 1-0 up at the break. So he even admitted that as Sligo manager that they, were, they weren't at the races. So they're going to have to produce a response tonight. Um, Drogheda, as you might have seen a short time ago, announced that Conor Kane has re-signed mm. with them just, just until the end of the season on loan. He's had an awful time with injury, broke his leg last year at, at Shelburne, is just getting back to fitness. So a nice little boost to have him in there as well and add another body. It's going to be an interesting one, Jerry. You know when these games are played back-to-back between the same two teams, you would expect a reaction from Sligo tonight and I would, I would imagine that John Russell will have learned some lessons from last week's game in terms of the formation. He switched to two up front halfway through the second half to try and get something out of it but it didn't work out for them but I would expect a, a reaction from Sligo tonight so maybe maybe a draw is on the cards this evening but draw to have nothing to fear from Sligo really if they perform to their maximum there's no reason why they can't get the win but I suspect it might be a little bit tighter and they'll be happy with the cup draw I know it's a way you like to be at home in the cup but Kerry in the cup yeah it's a, it's a historic uh, draw for them really they've never played Kerry before obviously this is for Kerry's first year in the league but yeah, you know, we were chatting last week about it, myself and Kevin Doherty. They've had a few unlucky draws in the Cup of late in the last few years. Derry City and Shamrock Rovers a few times as well. So 
they got a good draw this time around. It is a bit of a track down there for them, but you know, Kerry or rock bottom in, in the first division and the, the way draw are playing at the moment, if they go about that game with the with the right application and with the right attitude, there's no reason they, they shouldn't be winning that one with a bit to spare. And then you're into a quarter final, and who mm. knows? But we'll 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 deal with that. Another oh day, yes, yes. We're, we're no no point in uh, going ahead of ourselves with that one. Let's uh, switch to Gaelic games. Great, relatively quiet uh, weekend um, in terms of sport, but in Gaelic games tonight, want to mention this one: a big game in the Mead Senior Football Championship. Now that's rattling along a derby. Wolf Tones up against Gael Column Kill. How do you see this one going? Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's a local a local derby game. Um, Wolf Tones beat uh, Gail Conkill in the league earlier this year and, and beat them in the quarterfinal last year as well. Um, Wolf Tones, of course, the senior champions two years ago. Gail Conkill, probably, maybe just maybe slightly behind Summerhill in terms of hard luck stories over the years, um, have been knocking on the door for such a long time. I remember looking at it a couple of years ago and I think they were getting beaten by the by the eventual winners of it. They, they got beaten by the eventual winners of the Mead Senior Championship four or five times in the knockout stages. So, they just they just couldn't get it over the line, and then of course they had that heartbreaking loss against Ratoat a couple of years ago in the, the COVID final inside Park Talton, a late late winning goal for Ratoat in that one, which really uh, knocked the stuff in Edigale Column Kill. And it's it's hard to know whether they they kind of peaked a couple of years ago and if they're going to be able to get back to those those heights again. It's a difficult one for them. I was just having to listen to Brendan Cummins preview a little bit earlier on, and he did say that he, he believes Gail Column Kill will be will be missing a couple of players as well. So. Um, Maybe Wolf Tones was to shade this one. It's a tricky enough group as well, that one. So, you know, you lose your first round game in the championship. It's always tough to, to get back on track. But I think Wolf Tones might just have a little bit more in this one to, to sneak it. But um, it should be a tight game. It's on live on LMFM.ie and the LMF map, as we said. So it should be a really exciting one. Brendan will be there for us. I think Wolf Tones just to sneak it. Now, Sunday, the pinnacle of uh, football in Ireland, the All-Ireland Senior Football Final between Kerry and Dublin. The dream final that everybody had been looking at from the group stage's end is going to happen. Um, Dublin, like, you have to hand it to them. You know, they were being talked about as a team that really weren't ever going to make their mark this season, but they've moved through steadily. They're now in the final and they're up against their nemesis. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, I suppose it's the it's it is the final that a lot of neutrals want. Not all, I think. I did see some people pushing back on this sort of narrative that everybody wants to see a Dublin Kerry final. That maybe something a little bit different would be great. But look, the two of them are there on merit. You know, they're the two best teams that are in the country at the moment. And um, both of them had their their troubles in the semi final. I think I predicted Dublin would beat Monaghan quite comfortably in that semi final. I thought Derry would would put it up to Kerry, all right, as they did, but. Monaghan gave Dublin a much sterner test than they expected and they, they just came up a bit short in the end, they just ran out of legs a little bit and maybe didn't have the bench depth that Dublin have. But yeah, it's a really interesting game. Obviously, all eyes will be on David Clifford from Kerry's point of view and they are so reliant on him. But look, Jerry, when you've got a talent like that, who's a once-in-a-generation a player, you're going to have to rely on him because he is so good. But it was interesting what Derry did on the in the semi-final. They just had Chrissy McKay kind of try and tag him and he's a really tight marker and David Clifford still managed to shake him off and get some unbelievable points. So I think Dublin will probably stick Mick Fitzsimons on, on David Clifford and I I don't know if they're going to try and drag anybody back. I'd say they might just kind of go one-on-one on him and see how they get on. But overall, I suppose, I think Dublin might just have a little bit more um, to offer in an attacking sense than Kerry do. The Kerry game in the semi-final against Derry, really Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea dragged them through that game as they have done several times over the years uh, in recent times. So, they really need to get a bit more out of the other forwards, you know, Adrian Spillane. And Paddy Clifford was a bit quiet by his standards the other day. Gainey was very quiet. So a couple of those other carry forwards are going to really need to step up if they're going to if they're going to win this game. I do think it will be tight, 
But you look around that Dublin forward line and they just look like they have a little bit more potential. They're probably nobody of, of the level of Clifford, but nobody has, you know, he's just such a talent. So I I do think Dublin will just about get it done, maybe by a point or two, because I think they have a better spread of talent in their forward line than, than Kerry do. But it, it's a really tight one to call and, and it could go either way, but I, I'm going to say Dublin by a couple of points. I go along with you there. I, I have a feeling for them as well that they're going to do it, you know, but it, it, it is very difficult to call and Kerry don't come to Dublin for finals and not give it their best shot either, but I, I think it could be a, a really a cracking game on Sunday and I hope it is and it goes all the way as well. Uh, is Clifford that good? Uh, oh, I think he's he's incredible. Like the mm. point that the cup, the, the first two points he got in in the semi final against Derry, I think it was the second one he got down on his knees. Chrissy McCaig was was almost up the back of his jersey. He was that tight to him, and you know Chrissy McCaig is one of the best defenders in the country. And Clifford mm. just needs like a half half a yard of space. He, I was listening to Paul Flynn talking about him, and he was saying how he, he gets the ball from his hands to his feet so quickly when he's getting a shot away. You know he. He just has a little jink and he gets it onto the left foot more times than not and he gets a shot away. It's just um, it's just unbelievable to watch him. So I, I think, but you know, the funny thing is, Jerry, if they if they limited David Clifford, which this is going to sound ridiculous ordinarily, but if you limited David Clifford to seven points from play, you're probably doing okay. You're probably doing all right. You know? mm. So um, if they can keep him to that and, you know, normally if you're conceding seven points to one player, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. But it's, it's what's around him that I think Kerry will struggle with. They just don't maybe have the... Maybe it's just the form of those players. They're obviously very good players, but they just yeah. haven't really sparked just yet. So if they, if those if those lads around him can ship in with a few points here and there, then Kerry, you know, will will be right in it. And I, I think it'll be very tight. But I do, as I say, I think Dublin just have a little bit more of a spread of scores than Kerry do, and they'll just nick it. But it's going to be a classic, I think. It is, and hopefully it will deliver that on Sunday. David, for the moment, thanks so much. And uh, David, at United Park this evening for the uh, Drogheda de Sligo game, it's online. You can follow all the action here on lmfm.ie or download the LMFM app. Until next week, thanks a million, David. Thanks, Kerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport and a man out and about as well at many sports for us and he's at the Drogheda game this very evening. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch for another week. I hope you have a nice weekend. The weather, well, we won't talk about that for the moment. Let's hope August brings us better fortune when it comes to summer weather. Sligo or um, July, a complete write-off. Thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us every day, to our guests who... Uh, make this show they really do thanks to everybody who came into us and talked to us during the week and to Louise Walsh my producer couldn't do it without her thanks a million Louise and we have a nice weekend Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM please God we'll see you Monday 1.30 for a brand new week of Late Lunch The Late Lunch brought to you by Blackstone Motors Drogheda Dundalk and Cavan Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, 
things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.